You know what I'm thankful for? College football. Especially when my team is really good. It just makes it just very enjoyable to watch. Much unlike um, my National Football League team, the Dallas Cowboys. Um, it, it's becoming more and more hard to watch the NFL. Um, I just think that college football players um, care more about football. And the the brand is just a lot, a lot bigger. Um... Hey guys, what's up? This is the 740 Sports Show. Um, I can't hardly talk, but we're going to keep rolling anyway. Um, just just coming back, you know, we talked about making the video. Well, it kind of got delayed a little bit. Um, this video will be out Friday, December 6th, um, a little later than we in, had intended, but here we are. Um, just coming off some Thanksgiving weekend football, um, and as I mentioned, very very thankful for some things. Um, in college football, mainly being an Ohio State fan. And the reason I'm thankful for that is that I wasn't raised a Michigan fan. And my point with that is they continue to come back every year thinking that they have a shot, and they just don't. And normally, I'm not that person that's just pissed off arrogant all the time, like, my team's so much better, you know, you don't got a shot. But my big thing is, every year, the Michigan fans and the former Michigan athletes come out of the woodwork, and they want to talk how they're just going to destroy Ohio State, about how this is the year more than anything else. And I got news for you, Desmond Howard. We're going to fucking find you, because we know that you've been lost since that game. Haven't heard from you. We might want to put out a uh, missing persons report for you and all of your other little... Um, Michigan football buddies because I don't know when you guys are ever going to beat us so um just don't count on it anyway um probably not a super great start to the show here haven't even let Matt talk yet I'm still not going to let him talk yet but um we're going to get into it now finally after my little uh introduction here guys number one Ohio State at number 13 Michigan in the big house well it's the Ohio house now the state of Ohio owns it's the second it. home yeah yeah, um, we run that shit. Ohio State wins 56-27. I don't have a ton of stats for you guys because I don't feel like throwing a bunch of stats out there meaninglessly adds a whole lot of value. Um, all right, Matt, I'll, I'll let you uh, go on your little tangent here. What you got? So uh, Michigan, they came out to an early lead. Harbaugh acted like they won the game with the first touchdown. Forgot to make the extra point. Then Ohio State, probably two and a half minutes later, go down and score a touchdown and go up 7-6. to six. And pretty much after that, uh, Michigan was playing catch-up, and uh, it just felt like they really weren't in they, – they, they, it felt like they really weren't in the game, even though they responded after Ohio State went up 14-6 to six with a quick touchdown themselves. But after that, self-inflicted wounds, like fumbling the ball in, in the red zone, stupid penalties. There's a rough uh, – Lee hit out of bounds that really hurt them. Offside penalty that changed the complexion of the game. They just were not a disciplined football team. You can just tell which team is disciplined and cares more about the rivalry than the other, honestly. J.K. Dobbins. The Michigan Wolverines couldn't stop that man. Um, it was really fun to watch him this week just carve up that defense. Uh, four touchdowns on the ground, I think. 
if I remember correctly. It's kind of hard to remember when you, the guy runs for over 200 yards. Yeah. Um, the only way they could, the, the only way they even tried to stop him was by pulling his shoe off. Um, and I thought his reaction to that was pretty hilarious because he was just like, "What are you doing?" You know. I mean, um, well, it took two of them to funny. take it off. Took two damn players. Yeah, I mean, the two guys trying to take his shoe off after a play. Like, seriously? And then the penalty. That was hilarious that that was a penalty. I didn't realize that was a thing. And, of course, I'd hardly ever seen that. Um, yeah, you just don't see it often, but no. they probably, that's really the don't. damn dumbest thing. Um, anyway, let's let's try to add some value here. We've just been kind of mumbling on, rambling on. Um, I don't really have a whole lot to add. Um, I think we really showed uh, the state of Michigan what, what it is. And honestly, if there was any recruits out there considering both schools, I don't know how they could pick Michigan at this point. It's just a never-ending cycle. Harbaugh doesn't have a clue. And then the post-game press conference, when he tried to act like they were being insulted. I mean, it's pretty insulting to lose eight times in a row, is it not? Like, I don't know how the fans of that team put up with that guy anymore. He comes in, he says, oh, we're going to win, you know, we're going to get our guys in here, we're going to do this and that. He won't even wear your logo right now. He's got to wear the one from 1976 pickup sticks because apparently the the M you guys wear now isn't cool enough and he's got to wear the old school one. Um, I'd be pissed if I were people associated with that um, university. But that's beside the point. The the apparel is whatever. He can do whatever he wants when he can't win. That's fine. Um, let's move on and get off of that game. Uh, number two, LSU took care of business against Texas A&M. They will face Georgia in the conference championship game for the SEC. Um, you probably watched a lot of that game. What would you think? Yeah. Um, well, you could definitely tell that they were out to prove something after last year's 74-72 showdown. It definitely was not as good of a game, as you can tell from the score. But they looked like they were determined. Uh, they came out to an early lead. Uh, uh, Edwards got a touchdown early on. Uh, and then Jamar Chase had a hell of a game. He had two touchdowns, over 150 yards receiving. Joe Burrow, I mean, threw for over 400 yards, broke the yard yards record, he passed Tim Couch for SEC for the SEC record of uh, most passing yards in a season and tied the record for touchdowns at 44. So he's had a pretty remarkable season, and it was a great game. Defensively, they, I, it was what really impressed me. Del Pitt came back, had an impact of the game with an interception. Uh, they seemed like they brought a lot of pressure. They, they're fast, like faster on defense than I realized. Like, so they have some dudes that are quick. Um, like I said, they had they have talent on defense, and it, it was just weird how they struggled so much. But it, it a lot of it came from injuries, and they're starting to get some players back. So um, they, it definitely showed that they were focused on de- on the defensive end. That was more impressive than anything because th- they're going to put up 50 any any game. It's if they could stop someone on defense and they prove that they can. So yeah, I feel really bad for Georgia <laughs> having to play them yeah. in the SEC Championship. Uh number 3 Clemson, they came out a uh, five touchdown winner on South Carolina. Not really surprising. Uh Georgia did take care of business against Tech. They won the fight too. Yeah, they they also won the fight, but they lost Pickens for a half. So we'll see how much. Um, and they and uh, Rattlers out right, or is there is it a uh, Rattle or, or Cage? Cage. It's cage. Cage. Yeah, it's cager. cage. Yeah, Cager. Yeah, um, Cager. Lawrence Cager. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't really watch that game, so I don't know much about that. But they won fifty-two to seven. 
There really wasn't much of a game. I watched like maybe a quarter I mean, of it. It was an ass beat. I just can't believe that he decided to get in a fight like that because he costed his team. And I don't know if he's smart enough to realize it or not. But they need all the help they can get against LSU, so I don't really know why. And DeAndre Swift got hurt with a shoulder injury, so I don't know what his status is. So you're dealing with potentially your best running back, two of your top wide receivers, when you can't already score to begin with. So I don't really know where you're looking offensively at this point. Here's all I'll say, and this is probably a really obtuse way of looking at this. Um, a shoulder injury on a running back, if it were me. <laughs> I know. Yeah, what no, kind I, of that can't really affect the way you play. I mean, it's like a, yeah, it's like an throw arm. your shoulder into the guy. It's not like it. I mean, you know, and I, I don't know what's going on with that. And the thing is, he's not like a he's not like a contact runner either. Like yeah. he, he's not like a physical runner. He's more uh, east west movement. Yeah. So how about um, previously number five Alabama? They are no more. Uh, they played at Auburn this weekend. Forty eight forty five Auburn victory there. Um, Holy shit, were we wrong about that? Uh, we were so wrong, you know, we, we'd had that brought up to us. Oh, you guys were way off on your take there. And I'd really not expected a lot out of Bo Nix at all. I <laughs> didn't think Auburn had a shot. It was really actually kind of funny because as the game was going on, I sent a text to Matt when the game was 17-17, and I said, this game's over. Auburn Auburn's losing it. They, they don't have a shot. Mm-hmm. Um, all the momentum swung right there. Um, off the fumble. Off the fumble. Well, even before that, they scored that, that touchdown. touchdown. Was that the they, kickoff return? They, yeah. they score their touchdown, so they go up. They kick the ball back to Bama. Bama runs it back, so, you know, it's tie ball game. And then they fumble the ball right after that, giving it right back to Bama. And On I'm their thought, own There's no yeah. way this team is going to win. They don't have a shot. Um, didn't watch it super close because I was flipping through uh, multiple games there at that uh, time slot. Um, watched a good portion of it in the fourth quarter, though. And I was just really surprised by the way Bo Nix was able to uh, play against that Alabama defense. And I was also very surprised at how um, big the moment looked for Mac Jones. I really thought we'd have seen a better Mac Jones in that game, um, but I guess not. I, you know, I don't really know what you should have expected out of him, but I'd say 45 points would win you the game most often. Or, you know, most times. So, really, Saban shouldn't be that pissed. And his comment at the end of the game about that play they ran for the 12 men on the field, that's just childish to call that play unfair. Like, what did you what, what did you want him to do, hand you the ball back and let you have another opportunity to win the game because you weren't good enough on your own? I mean... They literally were going to give them the ball back. They weren't even going to go for it. They were just trying to see if they'd draw them offsides, and if not, they were going to call timeout and punt the ball. That's yeah, literally that, what they were going to do. Yeah, such a such a soft thing to say. Um, really, really low character move to just say, just say things like that. Just, like, be humble and lose the game, man. I mean, if you give up 48 points in the game, you honestly really don't deserve to win anyway. So, yeah. I mean, I don't really like, know how you— I mean, I get you... that you put up 45 with your backup quarterback, but you gave up 48 points. You didn't really deserve to win. On one of the much. worst offenses in the SEC, too. Like, they had trouble scoring, like, all year long. And then they put up 48 on your defense, and your defense isn't even bad. You have five stars all over that your defense, and you have a 45. They need some, They just need something to change on their defense. Yeah, that um, coordinator needs to go. <laughs> yeah, you know what? They finally caught a taste of their own medicine. No playoff for you guys. Yeah. Um, but that's all we really got to talk about there. Um, they showed their asses in that game. Number six, Utah took care of business against Colorado, forty-five fifteen. Did you catch any Pac twelve? After I tried to watch that game, and it's just so hard to watch Pac twelve football. Like, 
I'm sure they're a good team and they've got a bunch of quality athletes, but it's the stigma on Pac, on Pac-12 football just makes it so hard to watch. It's really just like watch it like watching paint dry. Well, I mean, kind of that, but it's really like watching a high school football game in like which is you know, Division one, Six yeah. high school football, yeah. and that's basically almost like watching junior high football. Like it's just bad to watch. Like I try, I I really really tried to have a a good interest in that game, even though their opponent was clearly not on their level, and it was just hard to watch. Um, I don't know, you know, honestly, it it's it's hard to say this, but you know, I hope they get a shot at the playoff because we'll find out if we've all been wrong about them or not. Um, I, you know, and and for my sake, I hope that we were wrong. Well, not wrong, but. I hope we were right and that they're not that good because I want them to play the Buckeyes and I want the Buckeyes to beat them by 50. But that's if the Buckeyes are number one. We'll see how things shake out there. Um, You know, I mean, I'm sure Oklahoma's going to be more deserving there because I'm sure they'll take care of business in the Big 12 championship game. I'm sure they'll beat Baylor again. Um, I don't think Baylor's ready. Um, I I thought after that maybe they would be, but I I just don't think they've got it. they, you know, they just kind of fell apart against Oklahoma, and I don't think they really have the answer to beat them this year. I think Jalen Hurts is uh, going to do everything he can to get his team to the fourth spot. No, but according to uh, ESPN announcers, Utah has seven players on defense that could go to the draft. I've never heard of any. I couldn't on their tell defense. you one of their guys' names. The only guy that I know that Brett, has anything I mean, to do with Utah football is Kyle Whittingham. I don't know any of their players' names. You could tell me the quarterback's name, and I would have, I could forget it in That's five seconds. That's what I just told you right there, Brad. Oh, I know. I, yeah. You know, I know. Yeah. yeah. I just, Do you know they, they were trying to get Whoa. him on the Heisman watch list? For what? Joel Klatt said he should be. You know, I try to really back Joel Klatt because he says a lot. Of, he's one of the few guys that will really back up the Buckeyes, but he's started to say some things about other teams, and I just really wonder why, um, why he feels that way or why he's being persuaded to talk that way. Because I really wonder if it's not his uh, television network trying to get him to say certain things. But maybe I'm wrong. I don't well, know. It, well uh, the Pac-12 is associated with Fox, so I think that has to do with it. But so is the so is the Big 12. So I really don't know why he is not backing up Oklahoma more. when they. So when Oklahoma has the 48th ranked strength of schedule, don't get me wrong, that's not great by any means. But Utah's is 58th. That is second to last of all Power 5 schools. That is awful. So I don't know how if they if both teams went out, you got to look off a of strength of schedule. They they want to talk about schedules. So if yours is second to last and you're ahead of a team that's t- ten spots better than yours, how is that like logical at all? Yeah, I'm really not sure. Um, but we'll move on. Uh, Oklahoma did win this weekend. <laughs> they played Oklahoma State. They played well. Who was number twenty one at the time? Uh, 34-16 victory. I didn't get a chance to watch much of that game. I went down with a uh, illness there. <laughs> so I, I tapped out pretty early Saturday night. But um, looks like they played very well. Um, did what they needed to do. Um, number 8 Minnesota at the time played number 12 Wisconsin at the time. And Wisconsin showed Minnesota that they are um, probably a year ahead of schedule. Wisconsin won 38-17. So they will face the Buckeyes in the Big Ten Championship game. Um, really kind of sucks for Minnesota. They they were having a really good year, and they still will finish with a really good year. Um, two losses. They might finish with a third. Well, do they have two now? Yeah, they're Those ten or two. Yeah, yeah. 
they they'll finish with uh with you know they could finish with a third loss or they you know I don't know who they're gonna get and what bowl game we'll find that out Sunday, but um it'll be interesting to see and I'll be rooting for them because um the conf it, you know football is better for Ohio State when the whole conference is better, um makes them look better but uh Baylor number nine Baylor they played Kansas sixty one six game not a lot to say there good job Baylor Bears um Penn State really struggled with Rutgers. And when I say what the score was in that game, you won't believe me, but you probably also won't believe me when I say that Rutgers had a 7-3 to lead in this game at one point. Penn State went on to win 27-6, to and honestly, I would call that a loss for Penn State. Um, don't know how you don't beat that team by more than 21 points. Um, they're really bad. I, I remember last week I mentioned that they should just um, disband their football program, but they did just hire uh, Greg Schiano. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, don't expect much out of that. I mean, really, he got his fame from Rutgers, but... He also he, had Ray Rice. He had Ray Rice, and they had a couple good years that really kind of swayed his uh, coaching record there at Rutgers. Um, but we'll we'll see. I mean, if they get better, that'll be good. Um, I know there towards the end of his Ohio State tenure, he was uh, kind of going downhill as a coach. Um, so we'll see what he's got up his sleeve uh, there at Rutgers. Uh, number 11, Florida, played Florida State. You know, big Florida rivalry there. <laughs> Florida wins 40-17. to 17. Not much of a game. I don't know anything about that one. Didn't really watch it. Um, number 14, Oregon, played Oregon State. Big Oregon rivalry. <laughs> the Oregon Civil win. War. The Civil War. Um, really cool. Yeah. Um, 24-10 victory there for Oregon. Uh, Dude, number- that game was close. Actually, I watched the highlights was of that. It? Yeah, it was seventeen to ten. Uh, Oregon and uh, Oregon State had the ball with like two and a half minutes down seven, because Oregon f- fumbled the ball when they were about to score a touchdown and it went in for a touchback. So they got the ball with two and a half minutes left, and they didn't convert on fourth down. And then Mich- uh, Oregon had a, some bullshit touchdown with about a minute and a half left to halfback dive up the middle for about twenty yards. So it was a it might have been a two-touchdown game, but that game was close. Yeah, let's talk about another game that was really hard to watch this week. Number 16, Notre Dame traveled to Stanford, and they won 45-24. to 24. But what you wouldn't know is that Stanford very much controlled almost the entire first half of that game. And really, um, I thought Notre Dame was going to lose that game again. Uh, they snapped their losing streak that they had had at Stanford. Since 07. Since 07. Yeah. Brian Kelly finally uh, got over the hump there. Um, I know I had even mentioned um, that his ass should have been fired if they lost that game yeah, yeah. again because I don't know how you continually go out to Stanford and lose because um, they've been struggling the last couple of years at least. Um, so that's kind of surpri- you know, surprising that you go out there and you always lay an egg. But um, I, I didn't, you know, I I'd said that I was flipping flipping channels a lot, so I didn't watch it super close. And I know that when I did, it was it was a hard game to watch, just because probably there was no fan atmosphere because there was hardly anybody at the game. Um, kind of give us a rundown on what you know about it, what you learned. Um, so before the game, yeah, it looked like about five thousand people were in the stands. It looked like there was more people that went to our high school games. Honestly. Uh, yeah, Notre Dame looked really uninterested at first in the game. I don't really blame them. It's kind of hard to get up for a 4-7 and seven team, but at the end of the day, you still got to play the game, and that's pretty much Stanford's bowl game, so they they were pretty motivated early. They executed their first drive and moved the ball well, and Notre Dame 
went up to a 7 nothing lead. Notre Dame scored like about a minute later. And then after that, Stanford was just moving the ball, went up 17-7. to And then what really changed the game was that block punt. Um, they got to the one-yard line. Notre Dame got it to the one-yard line off the block punt. And it took them to third and goal to score because they went halfback dive, no game, halfback dive, no game, false start, third and goal at the six. And Ian Book threw it off his back foot to Tommy Tremble for a touchdown. And ever since then, they got the ball rolling. They hit Claypool on a big touchdown catch uh, before the end of the half, two to go up 21-17 at halftime. Um, then after that, they pretty much controlled the game, and it really wasn't close. Um, it was a really weird game because it it indicated the score that we really dominated, but it really didn't feel like that for about two and a half quarters. It, we really didn't start breaking away till midway through the third. So, I mean, at the end of the day, they they go on to get 10 wins on the season for the third year in a row. That hasn't been done since Luke Holtz. Um, it hasn't actually been done since the 91 to 93. So it's been a while since they've been that consistent. So it's nice to see, but it's looking like the camping world bowl. So we'll see. That's the thing that's kind of interesting about them is that's kind of something you should be excited about, you know, three years in a row of 10 plus wins. And it almost seems like a failure that there's only, t- they've won 10 games this year. Um, you know, and with good reason, you expect to go and beat Georgia and, you know, beat Michigan. And um, very surprising that they, they failed both tries there. Um, you'd have thought they'd got at least one or both. Um, I know that George game was really tough. And I would say, I, you know, you don't like to blame the games on weather, but I think that if they played Michigan and um, not a monsoon, it would definitely would have been a different game. Yeah. You know, there's just some things that uh, led up to that that uh, really went against the Irish. But still going to be a good season. Um, rumors that they could play Texas in the Camping World Bowl. We'll see. Um have also heard possibilities that they might um, somehow get matched up against Alabama in a bowl that I don't know. Citrus. Citrus. Um, yeah, it's their only two options. So there's some intriguing things out there that yeah. could happen for the Irish that would be good. Um, it would be great uh, to play a Texas team and um, put them down. Uh, it would also be very interesting to watch them play Alabama, especially right now because I think they could beat Bama with Mac Jones playing quarterback for Bama right now. Yeah. Um, don't know that I could say that if Tua was playing quarterback for no. them. But um, that would definitely be something for the Irish to get a little revenge there. If the, and if the people care about views and like stuff like that, I think it would be best to find, put Notre Dame in there against uh, Alabama. I know that it's the bigger games, and people think they're going to get their asses beat. But, I mean, they competed against Georgia this year. They, I mean, they had the ball and had a chance to win the game at the end of the game. So it's not like they can't compete with those teams. And like you said, you don't want to blame stuff on weather. But, I mean, the game was... Once you hit a certain point in the game and you can't come back from it, it's hard to you build yourself in such a do you dig yourself such a hole and it's hard, it's hard to get out of that when you're down fourteen nothing in a regular game that's fine but when it's raining and the whole pa- passing aspect of the game's taken away I don't know how well, you yeah and the thing I'll say is what you really did is you ran into a buzzsaw because you ran into a head coach that just probably drooled when he saw the weather report because his favorite thing to do is run the football. And win a low scoring game, and then you know they ended up scoring like what forty plus well, they, points. Well, I guess. Uh, well, I flipped it uh, towards the end because it was kind of hard to watch. But they, uh, they were guess running up the score to make it look worse. It was like thirty one to fourteen, and the game was pretty much over. And Harbaugh was passing towards the end of the game to kind of give Brian Kelly the middle finger because I guess the year before, um, Harbaugh sent into Kelly some video that they the refs missed, and. Uh, 
that and uh, Brian Kelly told him to fly a kite pretty much. Then so, he got pretty pissed off about that because he's kind of blaming the the game on the refs the year before. But Harbaugh is an ultimate deflector. Yeah. Um, in other news, Iowa played Nebraska this week and won by three points. Um, big game in the American Conference. Memphis played Cincinnati and Memphis beat Cincinnati thirty-four to twenty-four. And the implications on that game are that Memphis and Cincinnati will meet up again in Memphis. <laughs> to play for the American Conference Championship. And what's about to happen is Cincinnati's about to get to work again <laughs> because, um, honestly, the score is very misleading there. I think Memphis controlled that game the whole way, and I really don't know how it was a 10-point game. It seemed like it was, it was a three-score yeah, game. It was like one of those games least. where they were blowing them out, let them back in, sealed them off. Like, that's pretty much how it was. It's kind of weird to also see them play again the following week at the same place. Yeah, that'll be awkward. And the thing about that game, too, is, you know, as we said, it's a rematch. And nothing great can come out of that for Cincinnati, really, because I think, um, and we'll talk about it when we get to the standing, the new standings, but I think that even if Cincinnati somehow comes out with a win over Memphis, it's not going to be good enough to get them to the Cotton Bowl because I think what it'll do is it'll just put Boise State in the Cotton Bowl because they'll be the highest-ranked group of five team. Yeah. Um, but if, if Memphis wins, obviously they will be. Yep. So really it's it it there's not much to play for there for Cincinnati because there's you know splitting with Memphis is not going to be good enough to make you the best power or uh, group of 5 team. I mean they're going to play for winning the conference but at the same time you're still going to be in the little Caesars bowl with yeah. your crazy bread so it's going to be really cool. Yeah, or the uh, Fight Hunger Bowl if they still play that one. Uh they don't, but that that was always kind of a cool <laughs> named one. Um anyway, uh, Boise State played Colorado State, and they won 31-24, kind of a close game there. Yeah. Iowa State um, suffered a loss to Kansas State, 27-17. Um, Virginia Tech and Virginia played. Um, the streak's over. The 15. streak is over. Virginia finally came out on top, 39-30. to They will represent um, – what's what side of the um, – Coastal. Is uh, They're on the coastal side. They'll represent yeah. the coastal – um, against Clemson in the ACC championship game. Um, funny note, um, I don't know how many schools are on the coastal side, but the uh, coastal uh, circle is finally finally complete. Um, it's been every team. Every it's since been like a different four, team 13, every year for since like thirteen. Um, yeah, since yeah. twenty thirteen. Um, and number twenty five, App State took care of business against Troy, forty eight thirteen. Um, we'll kind of get it cranking up now. Um, we've been kind of, uh, I wouldn't call it melancholy, but we've been less than interested. We will, we will get it going. Uh, here we go. We're into the new rankings. Um, checking in at number one of the Buckeyes, uh, you know, after their good win against, uh, against Michigan, um, hard to knock them down. Yeah. Obviously after this week, we'll see what happens because, um, LSU is going to have a better win because Georgia's number four right now. And if they handle business, um, it'll you know it'll be really interesting to see what the committee does there with that, um, because Ohio State will have a second win against Wisconsin if they win, and Wisconsin's sitting at number eight right now. Um, so we'll see what we got there. Uh, LSU stays put at number two. Clemson stays put at number three, and Georgia at the same at number four. Um, here's where it gets a little interesting. Utah moves up num- one spot to number five. Oklahoma as well. They are sitting at number six. Baylor jumps two spots to number seven. Wisconsin jumps four spots after their win over Minnesota to number eight. Florida jumps to number nine. We got Penn State at 10, Auburn at 11, Alabama checking in at 12. That's the lowest they've ever been in a college football playoff ranking mm-hmm. after their loss to Auburn. 
Oregon at number 13, Michigan at 14, Notre Dame at 15. They finally moved up. Um, they must have gave the committee some money or something because it took a while for them to get moved up. Iowa at 16, Memphis at 17. Uh, Minnesota dropped 10 spots all the way down to 18. Kind of surprising. That's a lot. Um, that's kind of crazy to me, honestly, because I'd say that they're better than Iowa still. Uh, number 19 is Boise State. Cincinnati at 20. App State at 21. USC at 22. Um, at 23 is Virginia finally cracking the top 25 after their win over Virginia Tech. Navy jumps back in the top 25. They're sitting at 24. And Oklahoma State uh Stayed in the top 25 after their loss. They are sitting at 25. Um, where would you like to go here um, in our ranking stock? Um, I'm fine with Ohio State at, staying at one. They had a pretty decisive win over Michigan. Um, I, I would say if LSU has a chance to uh, jump Ohio State, they're going to have to win by probably like three or four touchdowns against Georgia and give up little to no – it can't be a shootout. Like, I mean, unless they put up Hank 60 on Georgia's defense because that's what they're known for, that's the only – that's there's one of two things. You're either going to have to put up 60 points, but but then again, I don't see Georgia even putting up 40-something. So, like, I just don't see either one of those things happening. But I think if they beat them, like, 35-7 to or 42-14, something along that, I could see them get put, putting LSU at one. Just because of how good Georgia's defense is, but like I said, like I'm fine with Ohio State at one, LSU at two, yeah, Clemson. I'm fine with them at three, and Georgia at four. Like I said earlier, Oklahoma, I in my opinion should be ahead of Utah, and I'm curious where they're gonna go with that after Oklahoma and Utah play or Oklahoma and Baylor play. I'm curious where they're gonna go with that, but that's pretty much what stands out with me. Also. How the fuck is Michigan still 14th? They only dropped one spot after getting their – they got rain off the field. Got beat by more <laughs> points than they scored. Um, and the thing about that that I think um, that we're going to run into with that Big 12 championship game is I think it's going to be really similar um, to 2014 for the Ohio State Buckeyes. They were obviously in 2014. They were behind TCU, and they were behind Baylor, I think it was. And they they needed a fifty nine nothing victory over Wisconsin to get them into the college football playoff. And I think it's going to be the same thing you're going to see here with Oklahoma. I think if they handle business in um, spectacular fashion against Baylor, I think they'll get in over Utah just because that's going to be a better win than Utah's going to have against Oregon, who's sitting at number thirteen right now. It, yeah, and especially um, um, if or if they if Utah only beats Oregon by a, a few points, and Oregon or if Oklahoma wins by three or four touchdowns, I. I don't see a way how you could say, yeah, Utah deserves to be in over them because Oregon's not that good. Like, they lost to Arizona State. They should have lost to Oregon. If they played a team that had a winning record, they probably would have lost that game because they did not look good. It just I just don't see a way where if Oklahoma does not win this game, they should not be left out. Yeah, I definitely <laughs> think the uh, point differential in those games will be a uh, big determining factor yeah. in that. Um kind of the same thing there um with the Buckeyes I think they really um I don't want to say they need to win by a certain amount of points but definitely if you play it super close with Wisconsin and LSU takes care of Georgia that doesn't really help your cause there um you know and the Buckeyes beat Wisconsin pretty handily at home in some poor weather so I think it, it's definitely possible um and and I just think they're gonna play 
they're going to play really well. They've they've got their eyes on the prize right now, <laughs> and uh, they're going to take business take care of business against Wisconsin. Um, don't really know where else I'm going with that point, but I think what you're going to see here, um, as far as I can tell, and I really hope it goes this way, is Ohio State, LSU, Clemson, and Oklahoma. I don't think Utah is going to do enough against Oregon. Honestly, I really think Oregon could win that Oregon game. Oregon could win that game. I, I think they could because, just because uh, we don't know what we have in Utah, really. Um, you know, they have one loss, too. They lost to USC. And, yeah, and I and, keep talking about this, but it does matter. And does. I don't care if people say, oh, USC's 22nd. Well, all right, they have four losses in the worst conference in college football. Honestly, I can't believe they're in the top 25 with four losses because – the Pac-12 football is just not good, um, and and I would think that that they would not be in because I would think that the committee would try to put in another SEC team, and I don't even know what the SEC teams that aren't ranked look like right now. But I'm just surprised it's not one of them, just because it seems like that's the thing that they do. Mm-hmm. One of those teams could have five losses, and they'd still magically be one of the 25 best teams in the country somehow, which I don't know how that can be, but. Um, it's definitely possible. It really, um, I don't know a ton about Memphis. I haven't watched a whole lot on them, but I think they're kind of getting gypped right here. Um, I mean, they, and I, I could be wrong, but I mean, they're sitting behind three loss Iowa, and I don't understand how you can say three loss Iowa is better than Memphis, who is a one loss team. And I say that because I think if those two matched up. Memphis would win that game, and I think they'd win it by two touchdowns probably just because Iowa plays the brand of football that is super slow and be lucky to score 14 points. Um, And I think Memphis could have 35 on them really quick. But then again, I might be wrong. Um, And I think what you're going to see here too is I think Memphis's head coach is going to bounce. And I don't know where, but I think he's going to go somewhere because he's a um, very popular name. And for good reason. I mean, they're sitting at eleven and one right now. They're they're you know they're trying to win their conference. They're right there. They're probably going to because Cincinnati's been really struggling the last couple of weeks with close wins, and then that loss to Memphis. They didn't look great at all. Um, the only thing you know. was Memphis lost to Temple, but I mean that was early on in the year. But yeah, as you said, yeah, it looks like Memphis is going to finish thirteen and one, and maybe not even crack the top fifteen, which is outrageous. Yeah, it's like more disrespect than Boise State back in like the That's early. The thing. Everybody 20... talked about that when Boise State and TCU <clears throat> were those power or those. I keep saying power five. Those group of five teams, and they weren't getting any respect back in the day. Those were the Andy Dalton days and the Kellen Moore days. <laughs> they weren't yeah. getting any respect back then. But I mean, I think Memphis is even being shown a shorter stick right now than those teams were, just because I I don't think a lot of people know much about them, so they're afraid to make them any higher than seventeen right now, really, which I think is. Croc. So they said Stone said they think it's okay for Michigan to still be fourteenth with three losses. You're potentially looking at a four loss Michigan team ahead of Memphis, who has one loss, which makes no sense. Yeah, and I mean we'll get into the matchups and we'll see what we're gonna have, um, and we'll have predictions for those too. Um, but I just, you know, I don't know. We'll see what we got out of some of these teams because I think some of them are um, generously rated. And others are being shown um, a shaft. All right, let's move on to uh, some of the conference championship games this week. Uh, we'll start with uh, some group of five games. Um, we got the MAC championship. Um, we got some action going on at twelve o'clock on Saturday. Uh, Miami of Ohio is playing Central Michigan. Don't know a whole lot about Central Michigan, but what I do know is that Miami of Ohio 
seven-win team. They played the Buckeyes this year. They played OU, um, obviously our school. Um, and I can't believe we lost to them again, but we weren't very good on defense this year. No. Um, I think Central Michigan will win that game. Um, we're not really trying to get into predictions here much, but I I just think Central Michigan's probably the better team there. Uh, Sunbelt, we got Louisiana, and they actually played OU this year too. Um, they're 10-2 right now. They're playing App State. Um, I think App State will win that game. Yeah. Um, I'm going to quit predicting these games because <laughs> I'm probably going to be wrong. Conference USA, we got UAB and Florida Atlantic. Both teams are checking in at 9-3. and three. That'll be uh, kind of cool maybe. FAU finished 9-3. and three. I guess they did. Um, we'll see if uh, Lane Kiffin is there much longer. Um, he's going to what, Florida State? He's been talking to Florida State supposedly. We'll see there. Um, you know, popular name that not a lot of people know about, but you know about him if you watched Last Chance U. How about Jason Brown? That dude should get a D1 job. Oh, God. He's a baller. He, that man can recruit anything and anybody. Um, just a little side note there, a little uh, appreciation for that show. Um, in the Mountain West Conference, Hawaii is playing Boise State. Uh, that game's at 4 o'clock. Um, in the SWAC, we got Southern and Alcorn State. Don't know anything about either one of those teams, but they play at 4 o'clock as well. And now we're getting into the Power 5 games. The Pac-12 game is on Friday night. That features Oregon and Utah. Um, you know, Oregon. We'll be really glued to that one. Yeah, we'll see. Um, it's the only game that night. So Glad that it's not on at 1230 at night. So Yeah, you know, they're playing that game super early. That's a 5 o'clock kickoff for them out there. Uh, Big 12 game kicks off at 12 o'clock on Saturday. That is featuring Baylor in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Two one-loss teams. Um, we'll see what we get there. I think that's going to be an Oklahoma W, but um, who knows? I mean, maybe Baylor will show out. Uh, SEC championship kicks off at 4 o'clock. That's got Georgia and LSU in that game. Um, that'll be that'll be the one to watch. Yeah. ACC game, I wouldn't tune in for this game if my life depended on it. Um, I might just in case. I just don't see enough out of Virginia. I mean, Well, they they don't have enough offensively, but you, know, you never know. They don't. It's going to take a real miracle to even have a close game there. Uh, Virginia playing Clemson there, seven thirty kickoff on ABC, and uh, last but not least, the Big Ten title game that features Ohio State and Wisconsin. That's an eight o'clock kickoff on Fox. Uh, I will be glued to that game. I'll be watching a lot of this football on Saturday. Um, you know, um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. It'll be a good, uh, good day of football. A lot of, uh, a lot of good teams playing because it's championship weekend, obviously. Um, so you got anything to add on any of those games? We pretty much hit a lot of them earlier about the importance of point differential, mainly with the Pac-12 in the Big 12 championship games. Um, besides that, I mean, I think it's going to be pretty straightforward who's going to win, like, SEC championship. I I think LSU's going to win that game handily. Uh, Clemson... I think it'll be a close first half. Clemson wound up winning by four touchdowns, and I get the Buckeyes by, I say, 17 points. I think it'll be around 24, and they'll get a garbage touchdown late at Wisconsin, and they'll win around 17 points. Over under um, rushing yards for Jonathan Taylor, I'll put it at 75. Uh, I think he'll rush for 60. Yeah, um, he didn't do a ton against the Buckeyes the first time around. Um and the thing that I kind of find interesting about them is they're really good at shutting out that uh, powerhouse running back. Every time. Melvin Gordon was Every last time. time. Um, you know, and I think the thing that's kind of interesting is that um, everybody gives Jonathan Taylor all this hype, and for good reason. I mean, he runs for a lot of yards, but 
if you ever noticed, um, does he does he show out against big teams? I don't really know. Does he? Uh, he rushed for over 150 yards against Michigan in the first quarter. All right, I'll just uh, um, pardon my take. That's completely <laughs> wrong. Um, it just kind of seems to me like it's probably just because well, when he plays, the I want to. I'm going to hold what I have to say against him because it was because it was raining that first game, yeah. and it was pretty predictable what they were trying to do. And since it's indoor this time, maybe they'll be able to be more dynamic. So, but I still. I just still think that they're going to shut them down running the ball because that's what they're still going to try to establish. And they're going to force their quarterback to throw more than they want to. But like I said, I've got 34-17 Ohio State. Yeah, you know, we talked about point differentials. I think what you're going to find out is um, the committee is going to watch really close the defenses of the teams that are playing for one and two and the teams that are playing for four. Um, yeah. I, I think they're just really going to value defense. And I think it's going to be, for one and two, it's going to be the team that plays better is going to finish out at number one, really. Um, because they've they've been known to do some um, uncharacteristic things there. And, you know, and just as surprised as I was that Ohio State jumped to one, I wouldn't be surprised if they dropped to two. Um, we'll see. I really am trying to avoid playing Clemson because I think, um, not you know, and I'm not taking anything away from LSU by any means, but I really don't want to face Clemson in that first semifinal. I want to kind of have a warm-up against Utah. If Utah takes care of business, obviously, if Oklahoma comes in, it's a little bit different. you got to uh, lace, up your, uh, lace up your cleats and go to work for that game, too. Um, but really just trying to avoid uh, Trevor Lawrence in that first game, really. Um, I, I think it would be a better game if LSU played them. I think it would be a shootout, really high-scoring game, probably first to 50, honestly. Um, and we'll see about that. Um, I don't know. We covered a lot of good stuff. It's looking like um, we'll be back with an episode hopefully Sunday after uh, we kind of figure out the uh, conference games and the rankings and all of that. And uh, Selection sites. Sunday. Selection Sunday will be a good one. Um, I don't really give a damn about NFL football on Sunday because the Cowboys <laughs> played tonight, <laughs> Thursday night, and they only lost by seven, but they showed their ass, so I really don't give a damn about uh, NFL football on Sunday. It's going to be all about the college football. Um, you know, we're checking in here a little at 42 minutes, kind of a short one, a little bit different. Um, it's also 2.45 in the morning. It's also 2.45 in the morning on Friday. Um, you know, drank a rain a little bit ago to kind of keep me going here, but I was probably a little bit on the downside. Um, I'll work on my, uh, my voice inflection or inflection, however, for the next time around, um, a little bit less than, uh, impressed with myself in this performance, but, uh, We'll see. It's been fun talking to you guys. Uh, It's been the 740 Sports Show, and we are signing off.